Combo Nation. We're here, man. Don't forget to rate, review, and punch down on that subscribe button. What is up, everyone? And welcome to episode 334 of Combo's Court. And I am Combo. Share this episode with a friend. Share it on social media, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook. Share it on your IG stories. And tag me on Instagram at 1-2-Combo. That's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. Today's show, Tom Moore, sports columnist for the Bucks County Courier Times, joins in to talk Sixers, basketball, and more with yours truly. Tom has been covering the Sixers for over 30 years. A great conversation with Tom. We discuss Daryl Morey's approach to the Ben Simmons situation, what the Sixers might need to be considered legit title contenders, and more. You can find Tom on Twitter at Tom Moore Philly. That's T-O-M-M-O. O-R-E-P-H-I-L-L-Y. You could catch me on Twitter at Combos Court, C-O-M-B-O-S-C-O-U-R-T. Same name as the podcast. Intro music by Luca Beats. Let's get into it. Sports columnist for the Bucks County Courier Times. Welcome to Combos Court. How are you feeling today? Fine, thanks. How are you, Andrew? I'm doing well. You've been covering the Sixers for quite a long time. When did you start covering the team? A long time ago. Uh, my first four years were Barkley's last four in Philly. So this is actually my 34th season. Wow. Okay. So, I mean, a lot of great players, a lot of great teams. Are there any teams or players that you feel are under discussed, not a lot of people talk about, that you really enjoyed watching? Well, second year on the beat, 89-90, the Sixers with uh, uh, Barkley and Mahorn won the uh, – no, excuse me. Mahorn didn't arrive to the next year. It was Barkley, Hersey Hawkins, Jaminski, et cetera. They won the Atlantic Division, clinched in a, uh, beating the Pistons in at the Palace in which there was a brawl with Barkley and Lambeer. Um Won the first round and lost to Jordan in, in the second round when Jordan, before he had developed that fadeaway jumper, and he just attacked the basket and dominated. I think he averaged 14 points a game in the series in the fourth quarter. He just took over every game. The Sixers led, I think, in four of the five games in the fourth quarter, but Jordan just dominated. It's funny. I've only covered three teams that won the division, and I've wow. only covered one team that advanced past the second round in that time. Um, are there any players that, like, some might have not have heard of that you really enjoyed watching play, like maybe just an under-discussed player. Yeah, well, like the 90s, there was a stretch where they were pretty bad after Barkley left and before Larry Brown got there. So somebody like Dana Barrows had a, was a was great an all-star shooter. the one year, had a great year, like a 5'9 guard um, from Massachusetts. He was, you know, he was really good. They've had some guys that had, you know, had kind of had their moments, had one really good year. Um you know, things like that. There's been a lot of guys in and out. Um, uh, I think there's, I want to say Rivers is the 15th coach I've covered. And I think there've been like nine general managers. I mean, there's been a lot of change in this organization. There's, and a lot of ups and downs. They were really good when I started and they were really bad for a while. Then they're really good in Larry Brown years. And they were really 
bad through a bunch of different coaches and now they're kind of back to being you know uh, uh, a contender uh, I don't know if they're a legit contender this year but certainly they have a, at least one su superstar um, which is the first step you need to be a uh, you know to be relevant in the NBA what do you think they're missing this year that would make them a legit contender uh, I would say they need uh, more athletic wings they could use somebody to initiate the offense, um, at least like with the second unit. I mean, Maxie's really the only guy on the team that can really create shots for himself and other guys. And that's a problem in the playoffs when, you know, your team shut down what you like to do and you got to do other things. And when you have everybody else contingent on somebody else to get them open or get them a shot, that doesn't work well. Perimeter defense is still, I think, an issue. And they're last in the league in rebounding. So these are all areas, which doesn't make sense when you have Embiid and Drummond, who should be two of the better rebounders in the league, and one of them's on the court at all times. But I think part of it is their guards are not very good rebounders, and really their forwards are not very good rebounders. It needs to be kind of a team thing. Yeah, they're last. They're, I think it's 42-1 they're averaging, and I think the next team is Chicago at 42-5. They, they really consistently um, have not got, done a good job on, on the boards, and that means the other team gets more shot attempts, um, which is, you know, it, it takes away your margin, margin of error. Wow. So playmaking, rebounding, perimeter defense. It sounds like they need Ben Simmons. Well, I mean, he certainly does. Yeah, he certainly helps. He would help in certain areas, not in the half-court offense as much. But, yes, I mean, you have to realize when he goes to, the, you know, he's not there, you go from a 6'10 starter in him to a 6'2 starter in Tyrese Maxey. And while Tyrese Maxey is very good, now you have your backcourt is 6'2 and 6'1 in Seth Curry. You're very small. So you have matchup problems. If the other team has a 6'6 two guard, one of those guys has to defend them. Um, and the problem is Thibel, as good as he is on defense, he's a liability in the half-court offense, can't make three-point shots. So it's hard to play him more than part-time. So you really – and Danny Green is really no longer a viable 30-minute-a-game guy. I mean, he's a guy that certainly, you know, should be in the rotation and can help them but he doesn't have the impact he had two or three or four years ago. So you really have some needs. And, and the problem with that is unless you trade Simmons, if you make a minor trade, you're not addressing those all those needs at the deadline. You might be able to address one of them. You might be able to get a veteran backup point guard to help run the second unit and settle things down or something like that. But, you know, to get a Tyrese Halliburton or somebody who can be a wing who can help in multiple areas, a good defender and so on, really the only viable way is to trade Ben Simmons. Most definitely. So I mentioned Tyrese Halliburton over everybody. I think he fits the team perfectly. He's a connective piece, kind of like Ben. He could defend, he could play fast. Obviously he's not the player Ben Simmons is, but he's a really good young player that kind of fills some of those holes. Um, what insight do you have on this deal that the Kings were proposing? Was Tyrese in that deal? I mean, not that I know of, but there's so much information and, you know, uh, you hear things and people tell you things, but you, you know, you don't, they tend to have agendas. So sometimes it's not exactly what is going on or it's how they see it. Or like if the Sixers say we're not shopping uh, Tobias Harris, that might technically be true, but that doesn't mean they wouldn't be willing to include him in a trade or they might not reach out to a certain team and say, Hey, if you want Simmons, um, you, maybe, we, maybe, you know, we'd like you to take uh, Harris or something like that. So, you know, I, 
it's really hard to say. There's so much information this time of the year. Every, and as I said, everybody has an agenda. Everybody says this is the deal or this is what I heard. And there's probably an element of truth to it. But depending who tells you, you can sort of get a sense, whether it's the agent, whether it's one team, whether it's another team of, you know, kind of where it comes from and that maybe that maybe there's something to it, but maybe it's not exactly right. And there's a lot of that going on and we'll go on for the next roughly three weeks till February 10th. Yeah. So, I mean, Daryl has been saying things like he'll wait years to trade Ben if he doesn't get equal value. How do you feel Daryl has handled this situation? Well, he said he wants a star and he's not trading him for role players. And it sounds like for the most part that, you know, at least what we've heard or what we're led to believe, they really haven't been offered more than complimentary players um, for Simmons in the summer. Theoretically, you know, like Beal could be available. Harden can opt out of his contract. Uh, Lillard, if, if Portland continues to struggle and, you know, he could say, I want to be moved, you know, whether he wants to go to Philly, I don't know. Um, but th- those are guys that would move the needle more probably than most of the most of the players we're hearing now. So that's to me. And I wrote a column about it went online last night. The dilemma is, do you kind of and I'll use the term loosely waste a year of Joel Embiid in his prime he turns 28 in March, having an MVP caliber season. But this team really realistically, it probably isn't deep enough to go past the second round, let's say, and even winning a round might be tough depending on what the seat is and who the opponent is in the first round versus waiting for a guy who could move the needle more in future seasons uh, for multiple seasons. But like the issue is with Harden, he can opt out of his contract and he could get a, like a four year deal worth like 200 plus million dollars. He could theoretically become the league's first $60 million player and he'd be 36 that year. So, I mean, are you willing to do that when you know that his he's 32 now, his numbers are dropping a little bit. He's still, you know, a pretty good passer, still can score, still gets other guys involved, would be a, an interesting two-man combo with Embiid or like somebody like Lillard. He's got two years left on his contract in the 40s. Um, is that a window, uh, you know, a long enough window where you'd be willing and Beal, you know, you'd have to give a lot of money to. He's younger at 28. These guys may or may not be available, and that remains to be seen, but you'd have to wait until June to find out, which means this is what you have going forward. And, like, I really like Maxi, but, you know, they, they really could use a closer, too, and Maxi has a chance to be that. But this team, you know, I, I know Embiid said they have enough, and I know Doc Rivers said he likes his team when they're healthy, but I just don't see this team being a viable, you know, a team that can beat, you know, the Heat or the Bucks, you know, in a seven-game series. Um Uh, as they're uh, presently constructed. Yeah, I always thought the Blazers was an interesting landing spot for Ben, but now with, you know, Dame's injury, CJ had some issues, even though he's back now, does that seem realistic anymore? Because there's a good chance he'll still be so-called, as you say, wasting that one year of Joel's prime, and we'll have to wait for next year anyway, right? Well, yeah, I mean, if if what you're getting offered is, you know, the report of like the, uh, the Detroit offer of Jeremy Grant, Sadiq Bay, mm. uh, a first rounder, I guess, I guess Jake Fisher reported that, uh, you know, Jeremy Grant's a good player, but I don't know if he really moves the needle and he makes, you know, the Sixers and that would be for Simmons, but he's really like a three, four, probably mostly a four. 
So that's the that's part of the problem is, you know, the, the Hawks, John Collins, I like, but he's redundant with Tobias Harris. So that's part of the issue, I think, is it increases the chances of trading Simmons if you can get a four back, but then you need to figure out what to do with Tobias Harris. And he's best as a four. He doesn't work as well as an as a big three because his quickness, which is an advantage as a four, is not an advantage as a three. And he has struggles guarding threes more so than guarding fours. So that's kind of the dilemma, you know, with Daryl Morey. I mean, I think he, you know, I, I think he really wants uh, a difference maker. Um, and I think he's willing to wait. But, you know, when Embiid has a 20-point first quarter like he did last night, a 23-point third quarter, shoots eight for 10 in each of them and dominates the way he does, admittedly against the Magic, who for some reason just single-guarded him the whole night, which I, I couldn't understand. Nobody else really had it going. I would have doubled him every time he touched the ball at, at a certain point, but they yeah. stuck with that, and he, he just and didn't have foul trouble, and it wasn't a blowout. You know, he could have easily scored 60, you know, cl- closer to 70, to be honest. He, he, and, you know, he's had more nights like that, and, you know, that – that mid-range game is fadeaway jumper. Um, you can see watches film of Jordan and Elijah Wan and, you know, some of these other guys, uh, Kobe, you know, by the way he, sh- he does these things, these moves exactly the way they did them. So are you willing to wait? Um, and I think Daryl Morey is willing to wait, but, you know, maybe by February 10th, somebody comes up with a better offer or one of the, somebody decides they're willing to part with a player that the Sixers want that hasn't been available so far. And then I think that would be a very interesting decision for Daryl Morey. Yeah, I mean, Embiid's definitely in the MVP conversation as of now. Well, they got to keep winning. The, the reason he wasn't earlier, even though he's playing great, was they were a 500 team. To me, it, it, the former Sixers GM, John Nash, who was a GM when I started, he said, the, to him, the MVP stands for most victories produced. And I've mm-hmm. always thought that. It's not the best player rarely is the MVP a guy on a bad team. Usually it's a 50-win team, a team that's a legitimate candidate to go deep in the playoffs. So if they keep winning, move up in the Eastern standings, and he keeps playing, last year I think if he played six more games, he probably is the MVP. But he only played in 70% of the games for for various reasons. Um, Injuries, uh, holding them out with back-to-back, stuff like that. It's the same thing with Jokic. I mean, he's playing at an MVP level, but the team success isn't there, partly because they don't have Jamal Murray and some other issues as well. So I guess those two, it really does depend on team team success, but they're both in the mix, you know? Yeah, I mean, LeBron, you know, LeBron's a great player, but if their team struggles around 500, he's not going to be the MVP. And Durant probably, you know, had a pretty good shot, you would think, but now he's going to miss some time, and you wonder yeah. how long, depending how long he's out, how does that affect? Obviously, Golden State's having a great year. So, Steph, you know, you have to you have to consider Curry. Um, you just look at, to me, you look at the teams that are the best. And and if the Bucs make a run and move up in the standings, Giannis, you know, would, would certainly be uh, another viable candidate. So, it's kind of hard to say at the midpoint of the season. You could say the MVP is now, but that doesn't mean it won't change between now, um, you know, and mid-April when the regular season ends. We talked about it a little bit already, but there's a lot of speculation, you know, linking James back to the Sixers. How realistic do you feel this is? Well, if he opts out of his contract and he doesn't want to go back to um, Brooklyn, you know, they're kind of in a bind because they certainly don't want to just let him walk because they get nothing in return for him. And virtually uh, very few teams would be able to take it on a salary that he, he could get us 
as I said, like a four-year deal, you know, averaging, you know, 50 plus million dollars a year. So that you have to do a sign and trade. So you would need to work out compensation that fits, you know, within 125% of his salary. Um, and don't forget, Maury traded for him um, in, I want to say 2012, when he was the sixth man in Oklahoma City. And Oklahoma City was the smallest market team in the league. And they had Durant, Westbrook, and him. They had to make a choice. And yeah, they, 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 uh, they chose him over Ibaka, which seems crazy now, but that's what they did. Well, yeah, I mean, but those other guys, Ibaka was a, was a you know, he was going to make a lot of money, but those other guys were max contract players, I think. So to have a small market team, they could have, they could have done it with three max players contract money wise, but income wise and, you know, you know, small market wise, you know, I understood why they did it. Now, knowing what they did, perhaps they, they should have moved like Durant because Durant didn't stay very long and then he left and then everything changed and they kind of got back into a rebuilding mode. So he's done it before he likes going after the, you know, the big fish, he, yeah. he, he knows you need two stars and, you know, uh, Harden or Lillard would certainly tick a lot of boxes from what the Sixers need. Um, they're 31 and 32, uh, Harden being a year older, which you have to consider, but you got to, you know, Embiid, you don't know how long, you know, with his injury history and the way he plays, you know, three or four years, maybe at this level, you know, you don't know how long he can pl keep playing at such a high level with all the falls and, you know, the, you know, the, his history, you just don't know. So to me, it's time to, this summer's the time to go all in. Then the, the counterbalance to that is if you can't get any of those guys this summer, well, then what do you do? I mean, do you, are you willing to wait into next season? You know, and that impacts your seating, you know, in the, in the, in the East, if, if you don't make a trade till next year's trade deadline or whatever, um, so these are all issues and things that, you know, have to be discussed. I know Doc Rivers, you know, would like more help. He knows that they have needs on this team. Daryl Morey knows they have needs on this team. You know, most of the Sixers players, I think, realize they have needs on this team. But the way to address them is by trading Ben Simmons. So, you know, and I think he's willing to wait. Um, I just think if it, wait, if it gets to the summer, you really have pressure to make a move then. And if you're not getting the offers you want then, you're in a bind. Yeah, and one last thing on the James Harden thing. I mean, him, D'Antoni, and Maury had a great working relationship. Like, it ended really well. With Harden? Yeah, I mean, they all enjoyed working together. They all get along. So you never know if that's going to help James's decision to come back. Like, I, like, they always had a great working relationship. I mean, Maury and D'Antoni are the reason – not obviously his hard work is a lot of it, but part of the reason his career really exploded to the next level. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, he he became an MVP in Houston. He became a perennial all-star. He was a sixth man of the year in OKC, but that's a big difference going from the sixth man of the year, you know, to the MVP. Um, and Maury left when they were starting to rebuild. And, yeah. uh, you know, he ended up getting traded uh, early the next season after, you know, after Maury left. So, I mean, I would think that that could be a factor uh, because it's – and, you know, Rivers is known as the player's coach – um, and you would think that yes. they have a chance to, you know, to go deep if he cares, you know, if, if winning a lot or being a contender, some guys will take less, a little less money to win. And other guys, it's all about the bottom line. They'll go wherever it is, you know, they can make the most money. So it, it depends on Harden's priorities.
Yeah, Doc Rivers is a great coach. James Harden, a great talent. That would be awesome for the Sixers. But Tom, thank you so much for taking the time. You're always welcome back on the show. Where can we find you on social media and everywhere else? Sure. Yeah. If you go to Twitter at Tom Moore Philly, that's M O O R E P H I L L Y. I link my stories and everything there. And the website is BucksCountyCourierTimes.com slash sports. Well, I appreciate all your work you've done over the years. You're always welcome back on the show and talk soon. All right. Thanks a lot, Andrew. You take care. Appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in to Combo's Court Podcast. Big shouts to Tom for joining in. We appreciate you. Combo Nation, don't forget to rate, review, and punch down on that subscribe button wherever you tune into the show. If you're listening on the Apple Podcast app, leave a five-star rating, a friendly comment, and smash down on the follow button. Share this episode. Share it with a friend. Share it on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. Share it on your IG stories and tag me on Instagram at 1-2-Combo. That's O-N-E. T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. Be on the lookout for episode 335. Combo out.